With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Warriors Offboard, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Santa Cruz Warriors play-by-play man Kevin Dana. Kevin has been around the Santa Cruz Warriors since their inception half a decade ago, and he's long been my go-to guy for Geely questions. On Sunday night, Kevin joined me on the phone to discuss ex-Santa Cruz guard and current Rookie of the Year candidate Kendrick Nunn, what Santa Cruz could provide Golden State players, two-way contracts, and much, much more. It just uh, it just feels like, given the state of the Warriors' worst record in the NBA, a lot of young guys, a lot of injuries, um, the G League, as as the Warriors get get some guys back, is going to become more and more relevant. You're going to see guys potentially like Alan Smiley-Geach, Jordan Poole, maybe Omari Spellman, a couple of other other young guys make trips down to Santa Cruz at times this season, and um, who knows? Maybe there's there's some call ups. Maybe there's some roster turnover, uh, given different moves that they could make, either with Ty Bowman or or uh, Damian Lee. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. And one thing I've always enjoyed about you is you you uh, you know the G League probably better than anyone. I, I would call you a, a G League expert at this point. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. But, uh, Kevin, just, just in case our listeners aren't super aware, tell us a little bit about your background with the G League, what you do, what your history has been like with them. Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Santa Cruz Warriors. I've been with them since year one, started in 2012 after the move from Bismarck, North Dakota to Santa Cruz, California. So this is season eight of Santa Cruz Warriors basketball in the NBA G League used to be called the D League, but it is retroactively always the G League per G League PR. I'm going to ask two questions. Who's your favorite all right. all-time G League player, and who's your favorite all-time G League Santa Cruz Warrior? Okay, and it could be question. the same answer if you want. Yes, they are, they are different. My favorite player to ever watch in the G League was Jordan Crawford. The, the same Jordan Crawford that scored 41 points for the Golden State Warriors in the final regular season game of 2013-14 at Denver. This guy, I mean, you want to talk about just like watching like a man playing against boys. It was Jordan Crawford. He was so clearly the best player in the G League. This was the 2016-17 season. He also played in 2014-15 with Fort Wayne. But I'm thinking more about the 2016-17 uh, Jamal Cro- uh, Jordan Crawford, excuse me, who played at the Grand Rapids Drive. I mean, he just, he controlled games. He, he was just so much better. He did not belong in the G League. He eventually got called up to the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, had like a pretty nice run over the final five or so games of the regular season. Then they brought him back the next year, and he was on uh, their playoff roster. Didn't get a whole lot of time with the guy they called Grits. But, man, Jordan Crawford was incredible in the G League. My favorite Santa Cruz warrior 
Ooh, uh, to, to watch was probably Elliot Williams because he was kind of the same deal. Like, if it wasn't for all the injuries that Elliot Williams sustained at the beginning of his professional career, he would not have been in the, the G League. And, and he was only with Santa Cruz that uh, 2014-15 season when they first got him because essentially Philadelphia wanted to lose games. Uh, they were trusting the process then, and quite honestly, Elliott averaged like 11 points per game the preseason for them, and the feeling I got was, well, he was going to help them win more than 10 games that year, so uh, they, they waived him, and Sam uh, Cruz got him the number two pick of the draft that year, I believe, and uh, he was the finals MVP. He, he single-handedly uh, shut down, I remember, in the semifinals of the, of the G League playoffs that year, Darrell Eddy, who went on to they called up by a couple of different teams and was in training camp with Golden State, I believe in 2015, maybe the year after, but uh, had 31 in game two against Santa Cruz. And Ellie Williams said, is it the best of three? I'm going to shut him down. And then he held him score in the next game. Go to the finals, and, and Elliot was the finals MVP. And again, the guy he was super smart and clearly better than everyone on the floor. Uh, Quinn Cook was a great Santa Cruz warrior. But I think Elliot Williams was better. Okay, I mean, Quinn Cook was the first Santa, first G League player to ever do, join the fifty forty ninety club. But uh, you know, I, I hear you. you. You have to have, you have to be partial to the guy who helped him win the championship. Yeah, it, yeah, that and like Quinn was fantastic shooting. He's a he's a much better shooter than Elliot Williams. But Elliot was just so much more of like physically imposing on the game. Quinn was a little bit smaller. Elliot. He has that length. He was six five, six six, something like that, and could just really control the game. Like, like the game was just like he was pulling with it. It, it felt like for sure, for sure. I, I I wish we could have seen him with the with Golden State. I remember he was in training camp that one year, but was injured. He, there's so many guys like that in the NBA who, you know, maybe if they had found a little bit better fit or avoided an injury or two. Things could have gone so differently for them. Obviously, he was a first-round talent. I was—I grew up a Blazers fan. I remember them taking him in the first round, and he showed flashes of being an NBA player. He just, you know, got injury after injury, and it's, it's unfortunate to see that. Yeah, I mean, there was a guy. I, there, like you said, there's so many cases of those kind of guys. There are a maximum of 510 roster spots in the NBA. So 30 times 17, if everyone had a two-way guy. Which not everyone has two two-way guys, and not everyone has 15 full roster spots to get two-way guys. So it's usually close to around 490 to 500. Uh, there's a lot more than that number of players who could actually play in the NBA when you think about guys in the G League, guys in Euro League overseas, or some guys who just want to be in Europe. Or uh, so there, there's so, and that's the thing that I'm kind of, maybe frustrate isn't the right word, but you hear about you know, fans, they'll, they'll say, oh, this guy sucks, he only averaged two points per game in the NBA, or this guy sucks, he played in Europe for four years. And I'm thinking about that. Man, this guy played pro in Europe for four years. He must be the truth. Like, there's, yeah. these guys are so, so good. And just because they didn't stay on an NBA roster shouldn't take away from them being legit, legit professional basketball players. Yeah, and I want to talk about another one of those guys, a guy who I have honestly probably received more emails about this season 
than any other player in the NBA, any other player on the actual Warriors, and that is Kendrick Nunn. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn, who is absolutely going off right now for the Miami Heat in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, got off to an absolutely torrid start for them. I believe he's averaging around 17 points per game right now, has been a really nice complimentary scorer with Jimmy Butler for for a Heat team that's been surprising a lot of people and looks like a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference. I know there's a lot of Warriors fans out there right now who are seeing his success and they're kicking themselves because they're, they're looking at the current state of the Warriors and they're thinking, man, if we had Kendrick Nunn right now, he would legitimately be our best scorer, and, and he would be. Uh, you know, their best options right now, given all the injuries, are Alec Burks and Eric Paschal, who in their own right have been solid options at times as, as that go-to option, but they're just not nearly as lethal in a variety of ways as Kendrick Nunn. And I got a chance to talk to Aaron Miles the other day about Kendrick. Obviously, he coached him last season in Santa Cruz. Now, you you know his story as well as anyone. Just for people who haven't followed his story as closely as, as we have, kind of give us the cliff notes on his timeline with Santa Cruz and the timing of him going to Miami. And, and tell me your thoughts on whether or not you think the Warriors not bringing him to Golden State was a timing thing or if it was an absolute actual whiff on, the, on Golden State's part. Yeah, so, I mean, Kendrick was a very interesting case. He played in Summer League, and if you want to rewind the clock even more, he played at Illinois, uh, got kicked off the team because of a domestic uh, violence issue. Um, I don't want to misstate what the charge was, but uh, that that is uh, – I don't have it in front of me right now, but there was some sort of issue there that led to his removal from the Illinois team, transferred to Oakland in Michigan, uh, lit it up there, and uh, then was in summer league with Golden State. I mean, I think if it wasn't for that issue, probably would have been drafted because uh, the guy was incredible uh, in his time at Oakland. I think he was a top three scorer in the country. I think he was um, second in the country. He, was aver- he averaged almost 26 yeah, it was points like a game. Him, Trey Young, and Jordan Howard, who was also on that Golden State summer league team alongside uh, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, and so then Kendrick comes to summer league, does very well in summer league, was in training camp, then was one of the final cuts of training camp. Uh, they ended up putting Marcus Derrickson and Damian Lee on the two-way contract. And uh, and then Kendrick was a true G League player for the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. Came off the bench in all but one game last year. He could have been the first Santa Cruz Warrior to play in all 50 games and all off the bench, but they started him the last regular season game. Uh, and uh, he, he hit the buzzer beating in that game, had like 30 points, which is incredible the whole year. Uh, he was a microwave off the bench, averaged around 19 a game. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. But I, I, the one quote I remember Aaron Miles told me about Kendrick Nunn is like, when Kendrick came to me, when he first came to our training camp, he said, um, Coach, I do two things. I score and I get stops. And that's exactly what he did. He averaged around a steal and a half per game. Uh, it was just incredible, and, and yeah, he he had that that issue in the past, the uh, the domestic violence violence thing at, at Illinois, and I I do not want to you know phrase that lightly. Obviously, it was a very serious charge. When he was with Santa Cruz, he was a great teammate, and I'm not I'm not trying to you know like 
say pit one thing against the next, just only from what we saw in Santa Cruz. Great teammate, never complained, uh, and did the right things around the team. And then and he had every right to be frustrated. I mean, this is a guy who was probably one of the most talented guys in, in the G League last season coming off the bench. How do you think he handled that? Yeah, you know, um, so I thought he handled it great. And I, I, the message to him was, Likely, if you're going to get called up to the NBA, you're not going to be starting. Now, obviously, he started in game one with the Miami Heat. Or there were some other things that went into that. John Waiter's situation in Miami. But the logic behind it was, most likely, a guy who gets called up to the NBA is not going to be starting day one. So you've got to make your presence off the bench. And that's kind of what went into it and provided kind of a bench spark for the Santa Cruz Warriors. I thought he handled it very well. And there was actually one game in December – they were a little shorthanded. Juan Fuscano Anderson was with Team Mexico for uh, World Cup qualifying. And I remember Aaron Miles saying, uh, asking Kendrick, do you want to start tonight? And he's like, you know what? I kind of like this bench thing. And they ended up starting Trayvon Palmer instead. And now with the Northern Arizona Suns, had a double-double in that game. Santa Cruz won the contest. Uh, so I thought he handled the bench situation very well. I mean, and, and the numbers certainly showed it. Now, what's he doing by any Last I checked, I, I think he was in around 38, 39 from three. He was in the low 30s with Santa Cruz. I think he ended up at 33, but was hovering around 30 to 31 uh, most of the year. So that number has jumped up in the NBA. But, I mean, you could tell. Like, I thought watching him last year, he could average 10 to 12 in the NBA uh, right off the bat. And, obviously, he's doing better than that right now. Yeah, so looking at the timeline here, um, he obviously oh, yeah, was so- in training camp with the Warriors and was a preseason cut, ended up with Santa Cruz. Uh, I think a lot of the thought process there was the people with Golden State liked him, but they didn't feel like they needed a lot of another another guard. They didn't feel like they needed a lot more backcourt scoring, uh, given yeah. the makeup of their roster. Um, and then – I. Talking to people in the organization, I believe that there was interest in potentially bringing him on to the 15-man roster, or worst-case scenario, as a two-way guy this season. But Miami just got to him before the Warriors could. Yeah, they they signed him on the last day of the regular season last year, April 10th. So technically, he's not like he's not a rookie, but he's kind of kind of like the Ben Simmons deal. Like if you have one day on an NBA regular season contract where you get paid for a day of NBA service. Sure, technically, you have a year of service. But since he didn't play last year, he's considered a rookie. He's eligible. I mean, if he keeps this up, he's eligible for rookie of the year and, and those kind of things. But Kent, they had their eye on Kendrick Nunn. Uh, in Sioux Falls, the, the G League affiliate of Miami certainly you know, played San Cruz, I believe, three times last year. So they, they certainly they have good games against look, him. I'm trying to remember. Uh, most likely he did. There isn't one game against two calls that, like, I was like, oh, man, Kendrick killed him that game. Uh, but I imagine he had very – he was always pretty consistent. So I imagine he, he had some pretty good games against two falls. Uh, and the Heat, the Heat have made a habit of these types of moves. The, the Heat have, have, have been really good at finding these kind of diamond-in-the-rough guys that can be – productive you know um josh richardson wasn't a guy who was super highly touted coming into the nba and then became kind of a go-to option 
for them. Um, there's other examples of guys like that who've really flourished under their watch. I think Eric Spolster is yeah. one of the best coaches in the yeah, NBA. I, mean, I think they have I mean, as good of a culture in the NBA as anyone this side of the Warriors. Yeah. Guys that they found in the G League, Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, uh, Rodney McGruder was on their G League team. Uh, they've had a ton of these guys that they've just mined from the G League. Duncan Robinson right now, he had a nine three-pointer game last week in the NBA. Uh, so, yeah, they, they find these guys, they turn them out. Yeah, no, that Miami game's coming up, um, and I know there's going to be a lot of intrigue around him and his and whether or not the Warriors should have kept him and, and I'm sure I'll be writing about that. It's, it, it's just as, as someone who follows Santa Cruz closely and, and got the chance to see him in Santa Cruz a couple times, it is cool to just see him get that break and, and make the most of it. It makes you wonder how many of those guys are out there, you know, who are just waiting for the right fit, the right situation, the right opportunity to show what they can do because all the a lot of these guys have the ability. It's just about being in the right situation. I honestly think there are hundreds of guys like that. Maybe not all in the G League, but guys in Euro League, guys uh, elsewhere overseas who can certainly do. I mean, I think about a guy like Mike James who he's playing somewhere in Europe right now. It's, it might be Canisonecos, Greece, or or another team that plays in Euro League, one, one of those countries. I think, he's with, I think he's with Moscow, CSK Moscow. Okay, he's with Moscow, BTB United League. Uh, he used to play for Panthers and Nakers. I mean, that guy, he averaged 10 points a game in the NBA. He was, he was really good for the Suns. He was really yeah, good, was good for the Suns. I don't know what happened there. Like, he just didn't – he ran out of his 45 days, I believe. And they converted him, didn't they? I don't think they converted him. I, I could be wrong on this because the way I understood it is like – He's like, well, I could go make more money in Europe, so I'm out of here. Uh, I think he ended up playing a little bit with the Pelicans that year as well, too. Don't quite remember, but like he he makes he can make more money right now in Europe, probably than like obviously much more than a, a two way guy could. And like here's a guy I think he could average ten to twelve points in the NBA right now. Uh, but there there are plenty of guys like Mike James I think that are out there that can. Kendrick Nunn, who's showing it right now, that that can contribute to the NBA to an NBA roster right now. Like I don't like the NBA. Don't think has the 500 best players in the NBA. There are guys out there better than guys that are on NBA rosters right now, whether they're playing in the G League or in Europe. You're listening to Warriors Off Court. We'll be right back after the break. Very early in his career, but one guy who has, has yet to prove that he's an NBA player is Jordan Poole, 28th pick in June's NBA draft. Um, obviously struggled a lot. He's he's in a tough situation um, being the first-round pick and, and having to watch the guy who was taken well after him in Eric Paschal, who's having a phenomenal rookie season. Then Kai Bowman, a two-way contract guy who went undrafted is having a, a much better year than him. I I got the chance on this last road trip to sit on the court for a couple games. Um, Memphis and uh, what was the other city? There was another city, Memphis and Dallas. Uh, the beat writers sit on the court. And we know how it is when you sit on the court as someone who's a play-by-play guy. You get a better sense of guys' body language, uh, how guys are actually feeling, what they're saying to the coach. You just have a better read on things. And 
Poole just looked downright overwhelmed. I mean, he just looks completely out of his depth. He is not ready for this type of responsibility at this moment, but the Warriors have no choice but to heap it on him because they don't have bodies. And I can't help but feel like as soon as the Warriors get a couple guys back, which is going to happen pretty soon, they're going to have to send him to Santa Cruz, right? I mean, when a guy is overwhelmed and out of his depth and is looking like he's losing confidence, that's what the G League's for. Do you do you expect to see Jordan Poole in Santa Cruz in, in, a, in a couple weeks? You know, I mean, I when they drafted Jordan Poole and they drafted Eric Pastel, I'm like, well, these guys will be with, with us in Surf City this year for sure. Uh, yeah, I would welcome Jordan Poole with open arms to the G League. It would be nice to see him uh, be able to, to, to come to Santa Cruz, uh, get up some shots against quote-unquote easier competition. Obviously, still very competitive league in the G League. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no idea what the plan is with Jordan Poole, um, but certainly that would be something that's on the table. Santa Cruz, more often than not, or Golden State more often than not, since they've had a G League team, sends its first-round picks down to the G League. Uh, we saw with going back to Nemanja Nedovic, obviously Damian Jones, Kevon Looney, Jacob Evans last year. And especially if you're a late first-round pick, like 28th or 30th, like we've seen the last few years. So uh, by that logic, I think certainly if you know, when, once Golden State gets some more guys back, the logic would say that he would be in Santa Cruz for at least a little bit uh, to, to get some burn and hopefully get his confidence uh, going in the right direction, seeing some shots go through the basket at Kaiser Permanente Arena. Yeah, and another guy who um, we'll probably see in Santa Cruz this season, a guy who um, was in Santa Cruz last season, you and I have talked about quite a bit. I, I, I've written – a decent amount of me, about him, even though he hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. Alan Smilagic, um, he is he had a pretty serious sprained ankle that he suffered early in training camp, and he practiced today for the first time in a month, over a month, and uh, he's he's looking like he'll be ready to play in coming days. Now I've asked Steve Kerr, will he be thrust into the rotation? Will he be playing NBA minutes right away. He was not comfortable saying that, partly because the Warriors have had no opportunity to really evaluate him in an NBA setting because he hasn't, until today, practiced. Um, you know him as well as anyone stateside. Um, do you think that he is the type of guy who, just because they don't have a lot of bodies right now, could eat up some NBA minutes and not look completely out of place? I think he would feel like he belongs on the court right now and should be getting 30 minutes a night. Like, that that's his mentality. I was talking, he came to the Santa Cruz Warriors regular season open, or home opener on November 9th. So this was, we're, we're taping this, the, the magic of recording, we're taping this November 24th at 11 p.m. So this was 15 days ago. And he told, I was like, so how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I can play next week. I mean, he, he just wants to get back he out told there. Me, he told me over a month ago that he'd be back in two weeks. <laughs> that, that, see, like that—that's just how he's wired. Like, what's the what's the busted ankle? He he wants to go play. He wants to dunk on your. He wants to dunk on your grandma. Uh, that that's just kind of how he's wired. Uh, I think he thinks uh, that he should play 
in the next game. Uh, I, I'm not sure, I don't think that will happen, but uh, that's just kind of the way he is. I, um, you know, what would happen when he gets in that situation? I'd be very curious to see. But I, I don't. He's not a guy who would be out there thinking, "Uh oh, uh, what am I supposed to do?" He's a guy who last December went to Marcus Cousins practice with the Santa Cruz Warriors, but Allen went right at DeMarcus and, and wanted to show him a thing or two. Uh, and one of my favorite anecdotes I've ever gotten to, to write in a story was the Virgin story. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Where uh, he uh, he went uh, right at Alan Smilagic, I believe, dunked on him, and then said, how old are you? you prob- you're probably still a virgin. And Alan turned to one of his teammates and said, what's a virgin? Uh, a guy who's still figuring out the English language. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was that was a pretty good story. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. And so, what you, you obviously, as a G League expert, you're an extension of that, I believe, is being a, a bit of a two-way contract expert. And yeah. uh, the Warriors are, you know, what I find to be a, a pretty fascinating situation with their two-way contract guys, because given all the injuries. They've had to rely on Damian Lee and Kai Bowman as key rotation players, and they yeah. really need them to even be viable competitively. Uh, Kai Bowman, the past few games, has one, been one of the best players for them on the floor. Uh, undrafted yeah. guy out of Boston College, and, and he's proving very quickly that he's an NBA player. Um, so he is already, I believe, on 22 days into his 45-day allotment. Uh, under his two-way contract to play with the NBA club, which is going to potentially put the Warriors in a tricky situation in a few weeks, assuming they don't find days for him to sit out practice or or not travel with the team. Steve has basically said he needs every day he can get to practice, so they're not really doing that. Um, so that could create an interesting roster decision. Uh, you know, do you waive – Marcus Chris is their only non-guaranteed deal. Do you trade one of the minimum contract guys for a future asset like a Glenn Robinson or an Alec Burks? Um, have you ever seen an NBA team in this type of predicament with a two-way contract guy this soon in the season? Not this soon in the season, no. I mean, usually if a guy's at four, getting close to 45 days, we're talking about, January at the earliest, sometimes February. I, but yeah, just kind of the way the situations work with all the injuries with Golden State. Like they need to have eight healthy bodies by league standards. So Ty uh, gets them to eight healthy bodies, and I mean at least sixteen points, I believe, in three of his last four games. Uh, he, he's bumped his scoring average up to eight points per game. He had four steals in the in that tight loss against Utah. I mean, he's really showing some things. And, and you're right, it's going to be interesting to see what Golden State does because, I mean, before Christmas, most likely his, his days are going to be up. Yeah, and another guy who is fascinating is their other two-way guy, Damian Lee, who you obviously know very well, played pretty well with Golden State last season, uh, was one of the best players in the G League when he was in the G League. He's he played pretty well before he got his hand injury. He should he should come back pretty soon. The other kind of wrinkle to this whole this whole Kai Bowman discussion is are we sure that Kai Bowman's the guy you gotta keep? Um because 
Damian Lee is proving that he's an NBA player. And if you give if you give Kai Bowman that 15 man roster spot, there probably isn't one for Damian Lee. So, in your mind, is Damian Lee kind of out? Has he kind of outgrown the G League? And do you think he deserves to to not have to to make any any return trips this season to Santa Cruz? Damian Lee has 100% outgrown the G League. Uh, he is right now one of the 400 best players in the world. I would say. Oh, wow, okay. So he's better than 100 NBA players. I, I, I mean, from what I see, like, I think, yeah. I, I think he could be on a, he could be one of the top 10 guys on a team, uh, easily. And, I mean, he was with Golden State, uh, earlier this year. Uh, I think he is a full contract player without question. And I think he could be a rotation player on a good chunk of teams in the NBA right now. So, uh, if there's any justice in the world, in this world, which of course, the, you know, fair is not the nothing in life is fair, but he, he should be on a full NBA contract right now. I was shocked that Golden State was able to bring him back on a two-way contract. I don't know what the rest of the league was thinking. Uh, I honestly, I honestly think that the Steph Curry connection hurts him. Um, really? And a yeah. lot of people are saying, you know, the, the the big buzz when when he signed his second two-way contract with the Warriors was, oh wow, they're just doing another favor for Steph's brother-in-law. This is a this is a handout just to make Steph happy. You know, their lockers are next to get next to each other. They're close. Um, you know, they're at all the family get-togethers. This is this is just to appease the face of the franchise. And obviously, Damian hears that, which is why. He went out of his way in his first media availability during training camp to give a passionate speech about not connecting him over and over with Steph and not asking the brother-in-law questions, which which I can understand because this is a guy who wants to prove that he's here legitimately. And I think before he got injured, he was showing that. And I've written at length about Seth Curry and, and everything that went into his career, obviously a former Santa Cruz warrior. And I think he took as long as he took to find his footing in the NBA, largely because he was constantly being compared to Steph Curry. Um, and yeah. that's an impossible comparison to live up to. And I don't think it's as intense for Damian Lee because he's not literally a, br- 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 a blood brother. He's not, he doesn't have the same genes, but he is constantly being linked in headlines and, and on the blogosphere and, and with Steph Curry. And it, it's rare that you hear his name without quickly hearing Steph's name after. And, and that has to get maybe even on, on a subconscious level in GM's minds. Yeah, I mean, if I was in Damien's, Damien's situation, I would be frustrated that people would be saying this kind of stuff. And, and my response, from my perspective is, if you think that and you watch Damian Lee play, you are a complete idiot because the guy is super talented. He has NBA length on the perimeter. I mean, he's not like some 5'10 guy or whatever who, uh, you know, is just getting a handout. He's a legit NBA player. I mean, if he didn't tear his ACL when he was playing with the main Red Claws when he was averaging 18 points a game back in uh, 
the 16-17 season, he was going to get called up. He was playing that well. He shot like 46, 47% from three that season. Like, I, I think it's after nine that people, and, and I understand it's easy to make that connection, but just watch him play. And if you think he isn't an NBA player, uh, you don't know basketball. Right, right. I, I, I completely agree. And if he had just shot a little bit better, from three with Atlanta, he probably wouldn't have even needed uh, a two-way contract in the first place last season. He averaged double figures with the Hawks in 15 games. Like, it's a pretty big sample size. He did well with them. Right. I mean, so let me ask you to put on your GM hat for a second. You're Bob Myers. You're putting together the 2020-2021 roster for the Warriors. But just solely based off what what – we've seen so far this season, would you rather have Kai Bowman or Damian Lee? Oh, that's, I mean, that's tough because they're different positions. What position do you need? If you need another wing, obviously you're going to go with Damian Lee. If you need more true backcourt depth, then Kai Bowman gives you that option. Um, Damian Lee is the more seasoned player by far, obviously. Kai is a professional. But Kai is a few years younger. Yeah, Kai is a few years younger. He would be a senior at Boston College this year if he didn't come out early. So if if you want more immediate help and just someone all around who who, who could fill in multiple positions, Damien's your answer. If uh, if you need a, a scoring one, then then Kai would be the guy. I think he'd probably give a bit of a leg up to. Uh, I I think all around right now, Damien would be the answer, but I, I don't want to discredit Kai at all. For me, I would personally take Kai, just solely because I think he has a higher ceiling. Uh, Damian's 27 years old now, um, which is statistically supposed to be the heart of an NBA player's prime, and he's still kind of finding his footing in the NBA. Now, that's nothing against Damian Lee. I just don't think his ceiling is super high. I don't. I don't think... Ty Bowman's ceiling is incredibly high. I don't think he's going to end up being an all-star in this league, but I think it's higher than Damian's. And when you're trying to find young core building blocks on the cheap, I, I would give the nod to Kai just for that sole reason. Yeah, no, Kai, I think Kai has certainly proved himself to be an NBA player. I definitely He's think also better logic. defensively than Damian, too. Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen enough to say one way or another. I mean, uh, Kai has certainly had the four steals in, in that last game. Certainly uh, ha- had some some good looks in that game against Utah defensively for sure. What I would say to play devil's advocate, uh, bring up the age thing. For the most part, you aren't going to have guys like in those spots who aren't cornerstone cornerstone pieces to a franchise for more than a handful of years. So, like, my argument would be uh, just generally if it's deciding between the 22-year-old and the 27-year-old, I would rather have a guy who's at his peak right now than a guy who's going to be at his peak in five years when he's not going to be on my team anymore. That's fair. That's fair. I understand the logic there. I think it might come down to whether or not they feel like Kai can can be a long-term piece that they're willing to ultimately pay more than a minimum contract to to keep around, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess the last thing I, w- I wanted to get to is it's been cool to see how the synergy that's developed between Santa Cruz and Golden State. And 
I don't think the average fan really realizes this unless they followed our coverage super closely, but several Warriors have been down in Santa Cruz already this season, even though no one's actually been on assignment. Um, and that's Willie Collins Stein and his rehab from the, from the foot injury. Uh, Alan Smilagic, I know, has been back and forth in the rehab from the ankle injury. Kavon Looney was just down there this past weekend rehabbing from his neuropathic condition. And this obviously follows in a pipeline after uh, Marcus Cousins last season famously rehabbing down there with his Achilles injury. What's it, from Santa Cruz's perspective, what's it like having someone like a Kavon Looney down there, um, you know, someone who's established in the league, who's kind of a core player for a championship-caliber team? Um, what does it mean for, for those guys to, to practice with him and, and learn from him? Yeah, I mean, it, it's great, right? You get to see, like, hey, this is, like, this guy, Kevon Looney, 2015-16, played 12 games for the Santa Cruz Warriors. He wasn't even that good kind of, for Santa Cruz, was he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was coming off that head, right? right. So he wasn't 100%. I think he averaged, like, 9.7 rebounds, not numbers that would blow you out the water for sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's, like, you can see, hey, all right, this could be you. Uh, it certainly gives you kind of it's like kind of like a little carrot to sit dangle in front of the players, right? Uh, I, I think it's great for these guys. And the one thing I would love to see, and I I don't know how far away we are from it. I don't think we're close. Is if we start to see rehab assignments in games. See, I would line. love to see that, and I I personally I would love to see someone like Yvonne right now who. They're already saying, you know, he's not going to play the next two games for Golden State. Hopefully we can get him back for a road trip. Why not throw him into a game in Santa Cruz for 10, 15 minutes? You know, just get get back into some true live action against professional caliber players. What What's what's the harm in that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess the harm would be what if he reactivates himself playing a G League game. Uh, but he could do but that. How is that really different than, than, a, than an NBA game? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's how NBA GMs see it. Uh, otherwise, I think we would have probably seen it earlier. But, yeah, I mean, you see this in Major League Baseball. Guys will go down play for a single-A team. San Francisco Giants will go play for the San Jose Giants. Uh, I would love to see uh, that happen at the NBA level. The, the most you'll see is the practice uh for, for a guy going like uh, Victor Oladipo's practice with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants this year, the G League affiliate of the Indiana Pacers, or he had gone, gone down to a Mad Ants practice and, and uh, did whatever he did at the practice. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's how far away that is from happening. That would be the next step in these rehab assignments. So Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been really cool to see that relationship grow. I, I probably love the G League. Or I'm, I'm probably as fascinated by the G League as, as any NBA beat writer out there. If I could go down uh, to, to any Santa Cruz Warriors game on my off day, I would just because it's such a phenomenal environment, and uh, I just I just love what it's about. I love you know the young guys trying to kind of chase the dream. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, and I will actually be down in Santa Cruz. In a couple weeks for a story. I'm not, I think you know what story it is, but I'm not going to reveal it on air right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm excited about that one. So, um, 
Kevin, hopefully you're there when I'm there um, and we can hang out. And, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's always a lot of fun to pick your brain and, and, uh, and, and, and talk to you league with you. Yeah, happy to hop on whenever. Thanks for having me, Connor. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.